everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of Drop the Needle in the Haystack, a podcast where we take a listen to tracks on Spotify that have never been played before using the Forgotify website. Uh, and then we talk about them, as is our uh, endless desire to do as musicians and creative types ourselves. I'm Robbie. I'm joined as always by Eric and Matt. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Today we are speed running the episode because Robbie has dinner plans. And do you know why he has dinner plans, Matthew? Oh, why? Because today is a very special day. It's Robbie's <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday, Robbie. Oh, oh. oh me? Happy oh, birthday, Robbie. Eric. Yes. You shouldn't have. Robbie is now Thank 27. You. That makes all of us 27, right? Is that I thought Robbie was the 27? same age as. I thought Robbie was the same age as you, Eric. Nope. He's the same as age as you prior to your birthday. So we're all 27 oh. now. Oh, okay. Whoa. When's your birthday, Max? April. April? We missed it. Yeah, mine was April 3rd. No, we, we talked about it. We did. did we? Yeah. I don't remember. Yep. That. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, so we? Oh, you guys weren't the same graduating class then, were you? We were. We were. We were. It's but like you, me, he's only like, he's like one month after you, Matt. No, but I, I thought you were older than me. Yeah, I am, but it's only October. It's like five, oh, it's like what? Oh, oh okay. Five so months, like six same, months? Same, oh, shit. same, <laughs> like same academic year kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Some intense yeah. date yeah. counting to start off our music podcast. Wait, okay, okay. This is, there's an easier way to do this. Were we all in 10th grade in 2010? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's how, yeah. They, yeah. They, Really got a fucking lot of mileage out of that, right? I, yep. I just, All right, I like intro that. bit easier. has been completed. Hey, we're doing a speed run here, Matt. Ah. All right, any percent goes. Got to get, got to complete seven thirty. That's a cutoff. <laughs> yep. It's my birthday. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Matthew. Well, I'll be starting us off today, and my artist is uh, a guy called Freddie Fender, and so he was a pretty interesting guy. Uh, it looks like he was one of the few Hispanic country music stars, and he sort of incorporated a lot of the um, Tejano and, and Mexican rhythms and folk music into some of his recordings. He had a pretty interesting life, you know, just looking at his, his bio real quick. He dropped out of high school at the age of 16 to join the Marine Corps, and then later in 1960 or 1958, he released his first Spanish-language recording. So he had a very long life and career i think his his biggest hit i didn't recognize but if you're really big into classic country you might know the song wasted days and wasted nights that's uh, a pretty big country ballad that was a, a hit both in english and spanish it seems like um but yeah we'll be looking uh, at the R, at the album voices of americana crazy cajun cosmic cowboys so it's a very good uh, compilation album that has a bunch of people, but we'll be listening to the track Breaking Up Is Hard To Do by uh, Freddie Fett. Here we Breaking up is hard to do Breaking up is sad and blue Breaking up is a thing to do Don't you know what I say is true? Like I told you once before. Okay, so we can see sort of a, a, a classic kind of country ballad, very triplety, 12 8 kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, just talking about the, the recording real quick, I, he's got a really nice voice, a really very particular 
uh, kind of sound to it, uh, and I think it's very uh, emotive too. You can feel a lot of uh, emotion just in the, the quality and sort of the, the vibrato he has. Uh, and it's very good in both English and Spanish. He also sings in Spanish on this uh, recording and on a lot of his recordings. And he, you know, sounds really great doing both. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Any any thoughts on our, our track? Robbie, you might want to hit pause on it. Oh, it's still going. Yeah, just in case. I wonder, like, I'm, I'm very interested in like the individual elements and, like, features of the song. But uh, obviously you've got, like, some hallmarks of, like, what you said, kind of, like, Western sound especially with like that kind of twangy guitar you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't know is like that the slide, slide guitar, guitar? Yeah. yeah 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 it's slide guitar but the thing that it doesn't seem like out of place here it's just really interesting to me is exactly what you're talking about like the triplety kind of piano thing and mm. i don't know i associate that of course uh, uh with um oh darlin by the beatles yeah. that's such a that's a, such a, a almost like a time marker of music you, you know you you only hear it from certain times and like it's of it's used to evoke certain times but i wonder which genre it's really like the most at home with because you know like what kind of song is oh darlin by the beatles right well you know the beatles uh, recorded a lot of classic country songs right the um, what's the they're gonna put me in the movies that one and uh lots of hank williams um, but I don't know. You're you're right though. That's an interesting point. It is very much like, in the way few so simple musical elements are, it's become tied to a specific kind of sound. There's the you know you get these things where it's like you can't really think of any other kind of music but that kind of music when you hear it. You know, what immediately came to mind is like honky tonk for me. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's maybe I'm wrong, but. We've talked about it, I believe, on Steve's episode. So when Steve Crino was a guest on the podcast, we talked about honky-tonk music. And I feel like this fits into that um, category. And just to remind our listeners, a honky-tonk is basically a dive bar, right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. That's it. That's it. You know what also comes to mind? Just that specific sound. Like songs that utilize that triplety piano thing and that, that whole sound. Um, I don't know why, but like... I could totally be wrong here. Kind of grease, but also like you know, like jukebox kind of you know like yeah yeah like you the fonts yeah in like fifties crooners is kind of the vibe yeah and I don't yeah. know why you know what I'm not actually so familiar with all that output I don't know if it was as ubiquitous as maybe it you know it seems like to us or if it's just a few specific examples that have lasted the test of time that really kind of color the whole era you know yeah that's an interesting thought it's yeah, almost like sure. you have but to hear a... this music in like black and white you know you know yeah. what i mean at the sock hop <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right next up. uh all right yeah should we move on yeah, sure all right so i think i'm up next we are about to listen to she Can't Eat a Thing off the album Skin in the Game by band Samurai Bow. And after we listen to a bit, I'll see what I can say about this band.
Okay, so there's really not too much about the band Samurai Bow Online, and I'm not even sure what information there is is related to the same band. So the only thing I can find is one Facebook band page, and their about says Samurai Bow is a Zen Americana band from Seattle, currently on hiatus. We do play a show or two in the summertime, though. And that's it. That's the entirety <laughs> of their bio. And there's absolutely no reference to this album at all on that band page. So I really don't even think it's the same group, despite maybe the Zen Americana being uh, roughly like the right. Right. That sounds like a good descriptor. You know, descriptor, right? I just like the um, lazy But there's literally kinda, no reference. Like the lazy kind of lack of detail. We do occasionally play a show in the summertime. It doesn't matter if that's this band or another time. That's just pretty funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a that lot of bands like too. that that just play like festivals or county fairs or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh... But, yeah, that band hasn't posted anything since 2018. This album's from 2008, according to Spotify... Um, so it really could be from any time, any place, any locale. It's the you know they've got an interesting. <laughs> it could be from the it's future. An album. What's it trying to tell us, Eric? Uh, you know what? I really don't know what it's trying to tell us. I've listened to the lyrics a few, few times. It's a little nonsensical, um, and I mean, in some ways, I think that fits the band's aesthetic, right? Uh, what what string instrument? The kind of meandering. I don't know. I this isn't like a band you'd call tight. You know, it's not like yeah. playing in the pocket. They're just sort of making their way through the music, right? It's kind of they play. Fuck same. How, just kind of uh, getting my way they, through there. Yeah, exactly. Um, they play how Bob Dylan talks or sings. Yeah. You know. You know what? That's good. That's They're kind good. of mumbling their way through the music. It's also kind of neutral milk hotel you know, very like lax with tempo and I don't want to say it in a bad way, but like, you know, rough around the edges, yeah. like on intentionally that way, you know? Sure. What but really, think, what, what string instrument do you think that is? I don't know. I was thinking maybe a cello. Maybe it sounds a little bit like a virtual instrument plug-in that maybe they added the... in post. I don't think it is. I think it's um, they put a super heavy filter on it. I think it I think might like have been... whoever Yeah. Yeah, I I was fighting between viola and cello for a while, but yep. I, I think it's probably cello with a super, super heavy like plug in on top. Something like filter on top. Yeah, something altering the sound. Cause I was like I I again I I joke, but like if, if viola players are listening, I'm sorry, I guess. It just sounds like almost <laughs> dull enough to be like a viola <laughs> but like you know what i mean like it sounds muted or, or something or like or yeah. like a huge part of the frequency band was just like cut off or something and if it was That's a cello it sounds like to me yeah if it was a cello yeah. it wouldn't sound like so dry almost right but i'm pretty sure whatever instrument it is some recording engineer just decided to butcher the the sound for some reason or maybe he was just like really trying to smooth it out and went, you know, yeah. too far. I'm not sure. The other thing I was thinking of, I thought of two things 
And that's why I was laughing when I was listening to it. Number one, this is just more nonsensical. She can't eat a thing. For some reason, when you said that, my brain instantly auto-completed to if it don't got that swing. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, she can't eat a thing. It's like exactly the same yeah. whatever as like, it don't mean a thing. Right. You know? yeah. And uh, the other thing was, now on the second listen, that first like 30 seconds, but really the first 10 or 15 seconds sounds like imagine by john lennon okay take, yeah i can hear that should we take another listen listen sure. to it it goes back and forth between the same chords and like that string melody just kind of meanders around the fifth and sixth scale degrees with a chromatic step exactly like ah uh, you're right the half step yeah da da dum dum it's also quite it's quite a long introduction yeah and it's like around the same tempo too, kind of. You know what I mean? Right, in the same kind, same kind of vibe. No, good, good ears there. That's definitely pretty similar. It's just not every day you hear viola in any kind of band like this. No, I was so, yeah. That's why it's just such a hard sell for me. Like that, it's a viola. I just I'm having trouble picturing a viola. On it looks like a, a violin, viola. but it's a little bigger. Uh, I know, <laughs> that's I a pretty good joke, it. right? I'm very. I one. just can't see it. I don't. That's a good I, one. I can't picture it. No I imagination, like it. I guess. I guess. No, I I saw a band. Um, they opened up for the Postal Service in 2013. Uh, they had a violin and a cello, but I will say that they were very buried into the, like the texture of the band. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of the trouble with having some of these string instruments, especially the the middling one or the middle voice like viola and cellos, is very much stepping on the guitar and sometimes the bass is toes. And it's, you know, I think it's very natural for it to kind of blend with those instruments, especially when they're, you know, in the in the same range so frequently. Yeah, that's true. To, Eric, can we listen to maybe a little of the chorus? Because I think it really kind yeah, of sounds let's, let's nice. Yeah, a little bit of the chorus. I think it was around... She can eat a thing. Hold on, oh, I'll cut that part out. Where, where's the beginning of the question? She can recall his name while she suffers from hypocrisy. And he reads the ingredients on Oreos. Like, what does that mean? I need easier no. ingredients on Oreos. Do you know what this also what really it? sounds like? What's that? Major Tom. Oh, yeah, Major Tom. David Bowie. It's like the chords, the even the voice, and like the way that he's doing, like the, the, his his pronunciation of the words. Mm. He sounds like kind of like David Bowie, but this yeah. sounds like ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> it is a similar mm. vibe. It kind of has that yeah big open space, lots of. Uh, kind of uh, effects on the voice or lots of character in the voice sounds like he's trying to do like his best david bowie like a little bit you know what i mean sure but really oh, what does i need easier ingredients on oreos mean any thoughts? i thought he was trying i thought he said he was reading the ingredients on oreos that's what i heard that's what i get for sitting in front of the trumpets for a decade <laughs> Got word him. identification it's just uh i'm losing it all right. 
Ryan, does that what take do you us to think? the next one? Yeah, does that take care on of the uh, next one? Can't eat a thing if it don't got that swing. Alright, so it's funny that you bring that there. Why don't we yeah, why don't we talk about Slam Dunk by Tim Heinz? Okay, so number one, uh when I first forgotified this, it for some reason Tim Heinz with a T also has the like Spotify has him as Tim Hines, like H E I N Z. Like the ketchup. Yes, like the ketchup. I wonder if there's any relation. But anyway. He changed his name because he didn't want his father's shadow looming over him. <laughs> he didn't want the ketchup industry looming right. over his music career. I don't need your <laughs> tomato money, Dad. I can do it myself. That's like okay, okay. Here's here's a little a little tangent for today. I went to college with and played in a lot of music ensembles with uh, the a girl who is an heiress to the Eggland's best chicken industry, like chicken oh, farm right. industry. What? Yeah, she's from Ohio, I think. <laughs> Whoa, chicken yeah. capital yeah, of the world. And she's like, yeah, my dad like owns and runs like Eggland's best. Good for him. And last I checked on her, she's still playing flute. And, you know, she's she, she always made jokes about, like, I can fall back on the chicken farming industry, but I hate those chickens so goddamn much. <laughs> and she <laughs> had a... <laughs> well, <you're... laughs> she said they're mean. She just said they're really mean. Mm. And, like, her hands got pecked a lot, like, uh, when she had to work on the farm. Well, that um, doesn't happen if you kill something en masse. <laughs> But no, yeah, I'd be well, mad too if I was a chicken. I'd right. pack people. Don't fucking farm yeah. me. What do you mean I'm mean? She, she would me. always like she would always like make jokes about like I know I can fall back on like the the farm like the egg industry, and she always had like tons of eggs in her in her like uh, refrigerator. <laughs> Did she want to just get eggs? eggs? <laughs> Nothing I but I think eggs. I wondered. I really <laughs> wondered if like she could walk into a. Like, you know, walk into a supermarket store. and just, like, take the eggs and be like, these are mine, and, like, just leave. Yeah, show them, like, an Eggland's best card, just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, last last I checked on her, she's now, like, a certified Church of Satan, so, like, that's pretty cool. It's pretty on brand for her, too, so it's, it's cool. Ah, boy. Right. And she was a really, really is and was really outstanding flautist and piccolo player. Oh, good. Yeah, but um, anyway, enough speculation about the origin of Tim Hines. Yeah, so this song, Slam Dunk, on that album was titled Slam Dank, which I really like, but <laughs> I guess that was incorrect. <laughs> I wish every album had an alternate parody weed version of it. <laughs> I don't imagine? know, that other, that other album, it was Tim Hines, like mm. artist and album name Tim Hines. And this, all the tracks were in a different order. This was the first one, and it was called Slam Dank. Slam Dank? Oh, fuck. Well, well, let's give a listen to Slam Dank. Yeah, okay. let's play it. I love it. I like that it just kind of moves up like one whole tone to like the next 
Right. That's a very fusiony kind of thing. Or, or, right. Yeah. I just like that. It's like no preparation, no nothing. We're just gonna like slide on up one step and do the exact same thing, a step higher. To me, that's like very Doobie Brothers, very um, kind of like Footloose. But the thing is, this music is—it's perfect. It's like perfect at what it does. You know what I mean? I don't think I could recreate like a. I could make like some kind of '80s like infomercial for like a gym parody if I wanted to. You know? <laughs> right. No, you're it's right. Got that, yeah, that that synth sound too. We I think we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like that uh that overdrive synthesizer. I think that was like the name for the stock like this synth on like Logic or something. I see. Yeah. Yeah, no, this this is like quintessential. You're right, quintessential '80s music. You, it's like almost the kind of thing I'd expect to hear on a stock website. You know, like '80s vibes. You know, that's just what it's called. Yeah. And you can like you can see like the the vaporwave font or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like you know you, they're filming an infomercial or not an infomercial, like a commercial for your town, like uh, food court at the mall, right? So you got all the vaporwave aesthetic cups. And like all the neon and people in eighties outfits, you know. Well, I mean, like outfits. his his hair. Just like look at his hair on the cover of the, of like the album. It, it can't get any better yeah. than. Describe that. his hair for our for our listeners at home, Matt. It's one of the most powerful mullets that I've ever seen because not only does it have the volume, the shape, the length, the cut, the style, it also has. By balayage almost it's like not frosted tips it's it, it's like a little too long to be like guy fieri frosted tips you know what i mean but it looking is that face... basically like yeah yeah looking upon the face of tim hines one is struck with an unearthly feeling he seems at once ageless and yet young the human actually process tim hines he kind of looks think. like uh Eric Whitaker and Billy Ray Cyrus's cool friend. You know what I mean? They're cool friends. Actually, that's I think that's an accurate depiction. Now, what is he doing today, Matt? Can you tell I us think, a little bit about? So I think he's actually he's had quite the storied career. Um, he's worked with a lot of artists and he's worked in lots of different mediums. It seems like you know this one is obviously one that he's uh, quite comfortable in this this style. But it seems like the heyday of his career was really from like the late 80s through the 90s and like into the 2000s. Looks like he worked on some movie soundtracks as either a composer, uh, an arranger, or like just music department, it says. And some of these things were, let's say he's done music for Deadliest Prey. Uh, he's done music for the cartoon tv series for the the 101 dalmatians like tv series thing and also some like movies with some big name actors in them like enemy of the state starring will smith uh gone in 60 seconds starring nicholas cage and where's the heart or where the heart is starring natalie <laughs> portman sorry where's the heart <laughs> <laughs> things you don't want to so hear he... in the operating room <laughs> uh just the, the whole vibe of the movie but um that's funny the thing is he's he seems like he's got crazy good chops you know what i mean like yeah we, we yeah. talked about how it's kind of like music -y or, or a little like stock music -y, but there's some uh, really interesting writing and good playing uh, on display here too it's got a lot of i think it's very apt to compare it to vaporwave music here it's got a lot of a lot of thought put into it though don't if, you know don't get us wrong the thing is also once like the I don't know, like 15 or 20 seconds in, he starts doing like a melody on the 
right i just want like rick astley singing some words he could be singing complete nonsense but i these songs i listened to a few of them they pretty much all have like ready to go for words they have some kind of melody that is very lyrical being played in them uh, do you think he put this together with that in mind Pro- probably not i i don't know what this album might have been for but like they're they're very just complete and like fleshed out songs in themselves you know what i mean yeah i i wonder if this is just like um you know how actors have like uh what do they call they send in their tapes you know like demo tape yeah this is like a demo cd for i think this was the first on his discography from what i can find so just like him sending it out to different uh movie companies or you know like different places that might need a composer i can see it clearly it worked from his website also um you can see his latest project was in 2018. He did music for a Walt Disney World uh, like fireworks display. Gotcha. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it seems like he's had an awesome career. Yeah. You can find Matt. Nice Tim Heinz. All right. Yeah, Tim Heinz, if you're out there, please uh, we come We got to keep him moving. Yes. Yeah, we should. We got to keep him moving. Robbie's got that 7.30 appointment. So... This is a point in the show where we talk about what we listened to this week. Who wants to go first? Eric, I see you were listening to Jennifer Higdon. I oh, was, yeah. yes. All right, I'll go first. So this week, super excited, super pumped. I was talking to my dad. It had to be like a month ago or maybe two months ago. I was saying to my dad, you know who I really wished had recorded an album during the pandemic? So Because so many different clarinetists have recorded albums this year. My dad was like, who? I was like, Richie Holly. Man, I wish that guy had recorded an album. Three days later, Richie Holly announces his album. So guess who made it happen, folks? I'm pretty sure it was me. I'm pretty sure it was me. Anyway, his album just came out Friday. Uh, It's got a lot of new music on it. Um, I think it's almost entirely new music except for an arrangement of the Copeland violin sonata um, for clarinet and piano. Really, really good. Uh, been listening to it all week um would recommend so that's richie holly and the album name is oh god what's the album name sorry we've a talked about emotion a... oh yeah there it is we've talked about a a, a mutual disdain for the copeland uh, clarinet uh concerto right yeah i'm not a big fan yeah yeah. Not yeah, the sonata does it's not bad like i think it's probably better than the concerto what's your favorite clarinet concerto Eric? nielsen yeah really yep <clears throat> hmm i don't know why that's surprising to me yeah i don't yeah, know it's, I it's took, definitely nielsen i took you for kind of weird opinion eric would have yeah. no, 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 no i i really dislike the mozart clarinet like i mean it's fine and i really just hate it because i've had to play it so much but okay fair i know i have been there yeah. for parts of it <laughs> yeah that's true all Robbie, right Robbie, what, what do you got this week to? well this week i listened to a lot do you guys know the producer breakbot no they got lots of really interesting tracks uh their song baby i'm yours i've been listening to it a lot i heard it on a meme first and then i wanted to hear what the original song was and now I know. That's how I find all my music, too. I, I listen to the memes. <laughs> the latest memes tell me what music to listen to. There was one. Okay. I mean, like, that's happened to me. Um, there was one t- 
TikTok that kept using this audio, and eventually I was like, what does this actually sound like? Right? You gotta find the original right. source! Yeah. Honestly, though, most of the TikTok audio I've, I've really come to despise because I have to hear it so much. Do you work at TikTok? No, my, my girlfriend really likes TikTok. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So, I hear it, like, peripherally, and if I do you guys know any of the audio? Some It's just like people making the same jokes over and over again. I know this is a really boomer take, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not on TikTok at all. It's like they do Sorry. memes, but with music, right? With sound? Yeah, they'll, they'll like borrow or reuse like either snippets of music or like someone else talking, kind of. I get you. Bits of so audio. So you basically, you basically like set up the same punchline, like with the sounds. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah, but anyway, that's my boomer take for the day. We all we're all allowed one, right? Yeah, sure. Well, to me, it's just like you know, it's just a platform that's incredibly hard to monetize. So yeah, you know, people do it though. Yeah, but they usually do it by moving to other platforms with their audience. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, my my listening has been uh, this. I didn't talk about this on another episode, did I? It's this. Oh, album from a few years ago by uh, Passion Pit that I just like totally forgot about for a little while. I don't think so. It, it sounds familiar. What's the name of the album? The album name is Tremendous Sea of Love. Um, mm. I think it came out in, I want to say 2017, maybe 16 or 17. And I just like kind of forgot about it because it didn't really receive much like, a, I don't know, a big, it didn't make a big splash when it released, but it's a really solid album. And I think um, like the front man behind Passion Pit, whose name is escaping me, Michael something, I think he said it's probably one of his favorite albums, and he did say it was extremely personal to him. So I always find it really interesting to listen to like those works in particular that artists talk about in such a way. And um, they, I actually like that they included a different cut of one of the tracks on Spotify. Um, it's just really cool. It like has some extra audio to it. Okay, cool. I'll check right, that well, out. Yeah, th thanks again for listening to episode 30. If you like the show, please rate and review and follow us wherever you're listening on your podcasts. Also, reach out to us on uh, Twitter. You can find us at Drop Haystack. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're Drop the Needle in the Haystack. So connect with us there, please. Eric, you want to take it away? As always, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Hooray! Cut. Okay. Good. <laughs>